This podcast today is presented by Anchor. Anchor is a free app that allows you to record, edit, and share your podcast to your audience on your phone, tablet, or computer. If you want to start a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. Without further ado, let's get to today's episode. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sports Bible Podcast. I am glad to announce that we finally have a visual so you can see all of our dumb faces. And um, we got a special guest today, Tyler. What's going on, Tyler? Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Th- thank you for coming on with us. I know I know, um, rough days for the Lakers, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, as first, always, I- what's up? It's our first guest. Yeah. As always, I am Richie. This Honor. is Rob. And uh, now we have Tyler this week. So um, just a recap of the week. I'm still in here. As I don't know if you guys heard on the last podcast, the spare room <laughs> went on fire. So uh, can't get in there yet. So you guys are seeing a blank wall, which is better than nothing, you know. But besides that, we're going to get right into it today with a heavy debate. Uh, Joel Embiid versus Nikola Jokic. I think they both had like video game numbers in the – the matter of like three hours the other day. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I'll be one crazy. They he had fifty, and I think Jokic had a forty point triple double the same night. Yeah, he had what he had forty nine, and I forget. I think it was fourteen assists or something like that. Maybe rebounds. I could be wrong, but yeah, it's kind of funny. Bamba from the Magic had a killer first half as well with the seven threes, and then. And B just answered. And now we're hearing all these, you know, Kobe and Jordan comparisons, rightfully so. And they're right there at the top of the MVP list, as they should be. Wait, 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 wait. You're comparing these two guys to Kobe and Jordan? That didn't come from me. I'm just seeing a lot of analysts say, like Jay Williams and them. And you see it in his moves. I'll give him that. And he said it himself in his postgame presser. He's like, I could be Shaq and all of them combined. You know, he's proven it to us. And, you said that Embiid or? Yeah, in his post-game press. Yeah, I'm not surprised he said that. I'm not surprised he said that. It's just, yeah, it's Philadelphia is incredibly grateful for him. And, you know, hopefully they can get him a good partner very soon. He's just been incredibly dominant, really, for the last two years. And he didn't look like he was in the MVP conversation to kick off the season. And as we entered December and January, he really just stood out with his dominance and Rightfully so. The two of them are right there in the top four, top three, as they should be. Yeah, I can't get behind the um, Jordan-Kobe um, comparison. I don't know who said that. That's the first time I'm hearing that. And I'm just, no, no. I'll say you can see it in his moves, but yeah, I obviously, you know, he wants to have that confidence. We'll give it to him, but it's have, just... have a blast telling yourself that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm looking up like their numbers right now, like Jokic 26 and 14 and seven assists, his game, like his big game was, yeah, Wednesday, he had 41 minutes logged 49 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. Oh my God. 49, 14. That was Wednesday. Yeah. And beat at 52. Yeah. Yeah. That. Wow. 
That's yeah. Crazy. And then the incredible thing was me and Tyler talked about it the other night. The, I mean, you only, you're not going to see anyone make that pass and especially that crunch time, maybe with Aaron Gordon. Yeah. And the, the double team across court hits the dagger. And it's funny because they could have got a delay a game because the bench, the one guy from the bench ran the center court because they thought it was over, but it was just a shot clock. We, let alone a center, you're never going to see any player make that pass. And there's only one really, other player in the league that makes that pass. Absolutely. And especially and with how big he is, too. And it's just, I'm really starting to become a big fan and appreciate him. Like, as I preach about staff and preach about LeBron. I mean, I never, Tyler knows, I never used to about LeBron, but as a Boston fan. But yeah, I'm just really starting to become a big fan, and we're never going to see another big like this. It could be safe to say. Yeah. Um, you're talking about Jokic, right? I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his play style, he kind of, people talk about Steph changing the game, and they're not wrong. He kind of did too, because he's kind of like the first center that like has brought the ball up and like play make. Play, is a playmaker the way that like Lonzo Ball is or Rajon Rondo in his day. And yeah. I think that that led to like the Warriors using Draymond more in that role, even though they, they still used it like back then, but like almost like they'll like sit Steph, like, like a, like a breather, like a bench period. It got a little lint right there. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> and um, they'll use Draymond as their point guard and it works. He's like the, he is the perfect like point guard. He's just the wrong size. He could be Magic Johnson, like with the fact, meaning he could be a six nine point guard. Skill set, no, I'm not comparing them. Um, but Draymond, like he, he brings the ball up like like Jokic, and with Murray out, that's why you really haven't seen that big of a drop off because you see Jokic bringing the ball up when they have to. Yeah, and he already was, and it's just like you said. I mean, uh, Jokic kind of put it to sleep, but. What do you think, Ty, about how he's just excelled the game and changed it basically for all big men, let alone front court guys who want to be points? Yeah, kind, of, kind of going back to the Draymond thing. Draymond, he's a good passer, obviously. You know, he's averaged seven, eight assists. But I'd say he was he's more of a smart, high IQ passer. Jokic yeah. is like a god gifted vision passer like like you said we're never going to see a near seven footer that can make the plays that he does he's flashy too throwing a no look like behind the back i mean it's all yeah every night too and he's so consistent every yeah day. yeah i um i think like that like going to like the other side with Embiid. um do you guys think he's underrated because no one really talks about him and like I mean, you hear his name like when you hear his name, you think All Star, but he should be in the MVP conversation, especially with Durant down now. Like, is he the front runner? Are you saying Jokic or Embiid? Embiid, because think about it, like I know DeRozan and Levine have been great, but this guy like is single handedly dealing with all the stuff he's dealing with. The the Phillies in a pretty decent spot now. Yeah, and um. Daryl Morey even said it himself. Maybe now uh, he'll lower his asking price to maybe a top 40 player or something, and the asking price for Ben wouldn't be that high. But 
if I was to compare the two, it's very close. Um, like I said, they both deserve to be up there in the MVP talks, top four, top three. Um, I would say Jokic is better just because of his decision-making and just because, yeah, we've never seen anything like Embiid. Like, we're not going to see Shaq or Elijah on with that footwork and play like a guard a lot because you're going to see him. That's what I mean. That I partially agree with the Jordan comparison with Kobe just because, like, the footwork and his moves at the post. Tyler knows. He loves the baseline turnaround himself. Yeah. Joel does it. Um, but so I partially agree that he deserves those comparisons. Like you said, Rich, he, we're never going to see anything like him, but like I just said about Draymond Green, Jokic has basically excelled that. And that's why he won it over him last year. And it's just, he makes it look easy too. the mags between the legs, the assisting, the way he runs point guard, the way he shoots threes and, you know, that was Embiid's knock before, not just this year, but before last year, too, was just the decision-making. And, you know, Philly fans used to say, like, why are you going to force that three or why are you going to, you know, and obviously it builds confidence and he was only growing and he's clearly gotten better at it. But, yeah, I'll take – I think Jokic is better and I think he is my MVP right now. I did kind of sound foolish – not foolish, obviously. Curry kind of looked like he was going to run away with it before he and the Warriors kind of cooled off. But I know. that was the pick. It was stuff. Yeah, definitely. And or if not, KD and Giannis obviously made a big leap with how great he always is. But it's Jokic, and people should appreciate him a lot more if they aren't already. Yeah. No, I think this year specifically is a is a good year for the debate because they both don't have their number two guys. Jokic doesn't have his number three guy, you know, Jamal Murray, MBJ, and then uh, MB doesn't have Ben Simmons, obviously. So we kind of get to see what both of them can do as, you know, if they can like truly like not necessarily carry, but like, can they put more of that load onto their back and, bring them to the playoffs, bring them far into the playoffs. And they've obviously both shown that they're capable of it. I mean, Embiid's averaging 28, 11, and four. He's been an improved playmaker too. Yeah, he really has. And Jokic, obviously, crazy numbers. 26, 14 rebounds a game. That doesn't lead the league, right? Let's go bear, right? Probably behind go bear. I think it is Rudy, but I think it's he's probably right up there with them. Yeah, and seven assists, that's probably top five to ten in the league. But, yeah, there's a few reasons I'm going to give the edge to Jokic, but it's the difference between the two is, like, minute. Uh, the one – my first reason, it really hasn't been the case this year, but it's availability. Embiid's obviously yeah. been injury-prone. He missed the first two years of his career. And, I mean, he's been relatively – healthy last and eh, the past two years he kind of wasn't but two years prior to that he was Jokic on the other hand he's always available he's always there yeah for the entire he didn't miss a game last year um I think he got hurt and maybe missed a couple he's played 38 I don't know how many games he's played but that's one of the reasons 
And the second reason is you can obviously at the end of the game, obviously just dump the ball down to either one of them, get him a bucket. But the thing that makes Jokic so lethal is what he showed when was that Wednesday when he made the pass to Aaron Gordon. Like you can double him, but it doesn't matter because he's going to find it if it's open. Yeah. Um, so I'm giving the edge to him. I guess I'm going to be on the outside of this one. I'm taking Embiid. And mainly, um, I think, like, offensively, I heard, I think it was Kendrick Perkins. Don't quote me on that. I don't want to be wrong if it isn't him, but. I think it was. He said, (laughs) MB can do everything on offense. He has every move in the book. So does Jokic. (laughs) He does. Like, and this, I'm still picking Embiid for, I'll get to it in a second, but Jokic is a better passer than Embiid. They both like, oh, and B's got a fadeaway. Have you seen the shots Jokic takes? He looks like just leg. heaving the ball at the rim. Dirk shots on one leg. Like when you watch the like I watched the Knicks play the Nuggets. I watched the Knicks play the Nuggets and I'll see him like heave up a shot and I'm like, uh, that's just a bad shot. And it goes in. It's like, how do you you can't guard it? But I'm gonna go with Embiid. I think offensively they are very even. But Jokic is a liability on defense. Joel Embiid is an elite defender. And in my opinion, like if like one of them was like a better offensive player, I'd probably lean offense, but because of their such equalness on offense, I'm going to have to go with defense. And Embiid has, he's kind of, I guess when you're a really good offensive player, people forget about your defense and let's just play your Clay Thompson. But he is an elite defender. Like, so I'm going to go Embiid here. Um, I'll take both of them. Yeah. I'll take both of them on my team, but I mean. It doesn't really matter who you go with. Nah. Flipping a coin. Yeah, I think people um, get rubbed off by Embiid's personality, but who cares? Like, he's being himself. He's funny. We all anoint Giannis, and rightfully so, for being, like, himself and being such a nice guy, and he really (laughs) is. Like, you can't not root for Giannis. If you hate Giannis, you probably hate your life. And you probably yeah. hate like how the world is. So, I'm not getting into the only that. One thing I but... hate about Giannis is that he just won't admit that he's like a great, like an all-time great already. Like any yeah. yeah. like KD's brought up, he's like, oh, KD's the best player in the world. LeBron's the best player in the world. He'll never yeah. call himself the best player in the world, which means he's humble. But like, still, like you're yeah, up there. I, I, mean, I hear you're saying just one Finals MVP. But I saw, and this was another debate. And oh, by the way, when I say hate the world. I mean sports. <laughs> um, what do you call it? Um, it was like, oh, Stephen A. Like, I have to take John Morant over Giannis. Didn't this dude just win Finals MVP? Like, how are we just gonna? I understand recency bias and stuff, but it's not like you said you're taking him over Luca because Luca hasn't won that much yet. But he's still that... won more than John Moran has won. Yeah, and it's like I said to you in the past. Regarding that, um, I think Perk said it himself. That was like, you know, he's having like the Giannis reign and the Giannis takeover. And I agree with that. Like, Mm -hmm. he's not the best player in the world. He's going to, he's entering the conversation to be one of them. But it's like, he's not honored to Kumpo. And yeah, the, the reign is cool. And we see how he's starting to take over. But yeah, with, Joel and Nicola, it's 
you know, they're both two great guys, two amazing personalities who love to compete. And uh, the Joker doesn't even have social media, too. You see him walking to the pulled LeBron, walking into the locker room. I saw it during the Celtic game when they showed that it was coming up next with the book. And, yeah, yeah it's, it's Joel's durability was kind of what took him out of the lead for MVP last year when he missed four to six with the sprain MCL or whatever he had. But, you know, another thing Perk said was the thing about uh, Nicola was that when he sees Rosh's guy, the AD in the playoffs, it's a problem. And I mean, we could transition with that and get to the Lakers. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you see the time in the corner? Yeah, I'm, I'm fixing it right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, you can yeah. go on, Tyler, if you want. Um, <laughs> well, to start off, I mean, Frank Vogel's on the hot seat. Rightfully so, but, like, everyone's like, oh, you know, he doesn't know how to manage lineups and stuff. And, like, yeah, there's truth to that. But, like, then again, like, you got to work with what you got. And, I mean – well, you, you got to run LeBron at center because your other best center is a 36-year-old Dwight Howard who can come in for, you know, 10, 15 minutes and block some shots, you know, rim run, good rebounder. Like, he's still fine, but, like, at the end of the day, like, he's 36. He's not really going to be keeping up with the Jokic, the Embiid of the league and all that. So there's that. Second, we have Russell Westbrook, who, when the trade first happened, I remember it was draft day, I think. And yeah. there were, Russ was starting to come up, but it was mainly Buddy Heald talking. I was like, I would, let's, like, I would love that. Like, DeMar. DeMar. I mean, even then, I mean, everybody was thinking, like, oh, DeMar, Chicago, like, He's not going to be that much of a game changer. I felt the same thing. Obviously, everybody was wrong about that. But I was like, yes, Buddy Heal, that'll be perfect. He's an elite three-point shooter. And that is exactly what we need. And then the rush trade came up. Kuzma, Trez, KCP2, and Picks, I think. Yeah. For Russ. And like, He's Russell Westbrook. We know what he is. We know he's been one of the great point guards of the 2010s, triple-double machine. But, like, you don't, you don't need that. You know, it's extra star power. And he is great. You know, Russ at his peak, yeah, I mean, he could still be great. But, like, it's just the shot selection, the turnovers. He has limited the turnovers recently. But, like, mm-hmm. when you're taking, you know, like, three to five awful shots a game those are also basically turnovers so there's more turnovers there that just don't show up on the statue there are a few bright lights for this team uh lebron obviously he's i mean if he can somehow carry this team to like a four seed he might win mvp and probably the second and only one has been malik monk he has been uh really just unbelievable I'm trying to find like his recents here. It'll just go off the season. I mean, he's shooting 41 from three 
on five attempts. I mean, I talked to you about, I mean, we talked about Monk all the time. Yeah. And I mean, remember the trade? We were sitting in the car and I said, uh, I brought up Monk. Remember? We're at the sand voice in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I brought, so- brought up Monk and you thought I was going to say to the Celtics. That was like Boston? Is- You're like Lake. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, like, this no. is the day they were signing like everybody like Kendrick Nunn all those guys yeah. and we got Monk and I was like ah like that's nice and it turns out he's been like I, I'd say he's been the second best player on the team with AD out I mean Russ is starting to you know play into his role and I Russ said this maybe a few days ago he was like I'm, I'm the one who has to you know give up the most which is true because I mean he's obviously you know so used to having the ball in his hands 24-7 he's got to kind of just buy into his this role as like basically a secondary playmaker which he's probably never done because playing with KD Russ is the main playmaker KD's going to go out there and drop 40 on everybody but now when you got LeBron who's also doing that but also averaging seven eight assists a game so I mean, Russ obviously isn't going anywhere with the $44 million contract. So you kind of got to sit there and figure it out. And I think I, I texted you about this, right, Rob, the Miles Turner thing. I mean, yeah, that would be awesome. But like, I mean, you see on Twitter, these Lakers fans are like, oh, let's give up. Let's give up Kendrick Nunn and Wayne Ellington in a second and get <laughs> Ben Simmons. Like, come on use your brain but like I was saying to you like do whatever you can to trade for Miles Turner because you can't have LeBron running center when AD's hurt and AD himself always says he hates playing five and he is better at the four I do prefer him at the four and especially defensively having AD and Miles Turner if that's even possible that'd be unreal but they're there are plenty of ways to turn the season around, and that would definitely be one of them. Yeah, definitely. And it's like it's funny how <laughs> it's funny how the Celtic fans just like like to look at them and be like, "Oh, well, at least like they're also under five hundred and they're on the same level." But yeah, obviously we don't have the same star tutted star tutted star studded team, and there's a lot more question marks with Boston, but. Yeah, it's. I was surprised that they lost the Indiana game. I switched it to the Denver Clipper game. And then since league pass is free, I switched it back and it was over. And I just heard the music playing on like the screen. But it was kind of funny how Russ was, what was he, four of six from three and one for 11 from two. That's just a surprise. And then I think I saw Bill Simmons tweeted, my guy. He was like, um, you know, Vogel's kind of like firing back with those comments that are because he sees this noise about him on the hot seat game to game. And then Dave McMenamin's like, I'm pretty sure it was him uh, that asked the question. He was like, you didn't play Russ in the fourth. Like, why is that? And um, he was just like, oh, I wanted to play the people I thought would help us win. So he's kind of firing back sort of. It's like, all right, it's not my fault. I want us a championship, or at least I was the coach for it. And it was Rob Polinka that did this.
But Woj said this yesterday on NBA TV. He said he had a conversation with Kobe and uh, Palinka once, and he it was like sometimes the best thing to do is nothing, which is very could very well could be the truth in this situation. They should be able to figure it out, and if anyone is able to do it, it's LeBron. And you know, people thought this would happen coming into the year. I mean, LeBron's doing what he can from the outside shooting, like we said, but it's just the fit with Russ. And if anyone could figure it out, it's him, like I said. But, yeah, I mean, Miles Turner would be awesome. It's tough with the trade chips, and that was the tough thing about this was, like, there was really no plan B if it didn't work out. But it's just – I thought LeBron's presser was kind of funny as well, as I told you, like when he was just laughing and he was like, have you followed Russ throughout his career in this year? Like, how do you think he feels? Mm-hmm. And then he just, you know, s- scattered away. And he was just yeah. like me and my wife are going to the movie and yeah, it's not his job to answer that. And he's not there to just, you know, he's not a babysitter. Talk- yeah. And talk bad about his coach who I'd heard him praise Vogel a bunch of times throughout the past few years and obviously he loves Russ and Miles Turner would be a good solution or another trade ship, whoever they got. Ben Simmons would be, I mean, you brought him up as like a Laker fan trade scenario. He would be an awesome fit. Um, Wait, hold up, Rob. Uh, I'm just going to say something. I am so happy we're on camera so you can see my facial expressions every time I hear the name Ben Simmons. <laughs> I hate, um, I hate him. As a, I hate him as a basketball player. I really do. But that's so, for another conversation, or one we've already had. <laughs> yep, I'm sure we'll get into it more. But yeah, I mean, a big probably the biggest factor that could save them is AD turning into bubble form. And like you said, Ty, he doesn't. He said like he'd rather play the four. We know he had guard skills and played basically a guard position growing up and that's what makes him so great is his ball handling ability he can bring up the ball and have that yoga himself and we saw in the bubble every three he was taking was i was about to say this i don't think i said it i was about to say this about Jokic before like with his slow motion shots and step backs like every three he was taking was nothing but swish and cord turnaround jumpers that he was unstoppable unstoppable and i mean it was LeBron won the finals MVP, but like, I mean, there was some Rondo noise, but AD could have very well won it himself. Uh, If he gave it to AD, I would have been fine with it. Yeah. And, you know, people are forgetting about him. He also has some durability issues himself. But it's like, people know that at the end of the day, he is one of the most skilled bigs and he's just phenomenal. How old is he, Ty? Do you know? What is he, like 27? 28. 27. 28. Still in his prime, yeah. And what was everyone saying, especially Magic? It's cool. Especially, uh, you know who shares a birthday with me? I found out recently, Caldwell Pope. Yeah, KCP. (laughs) February 18th birthday. Yeah, he's 28. He'll be 29 on March 11th. Great day. Yeah, so – you know, what was everyone saying after they won the title? They were like, LeBron's going to get older, and whether they get another star or not. They'll say that every year until it actually happens. Yeah, yeah. that 
we know that. And yeah, like, TikTok actually about um, Colin Coward talking about LeBron, and he was like, "Oh, like oh, he's gonna fall off the cliff. Like we're not gonna see LeBron putting up forty point triple doubles in the playoffs I saw that. anymore." He's he's thirty one, and then then there's like screenshots like five different games where he had like forty. Like oh, he's not gonna come down the court and you know block the shot off the glass, and they showed the the LeBron on Iguodala block, and it's like they're that's that's always gonna be the argument. It's like Tom Brady too, like yeah, that argument will never end until it happens or until they retire. So Tyler, you say your dad's a Browns fan, right? Yeah. So he'd understand why I'm not a big fan of Colin Coward. I was just gonna say that's Rich's favorite guy. That's I don't mind. I don't mind you criticizing people just when you over and over and over talk about it. It's like, we get it. We know. <laughs> so that's why I don't talk about Ben Simmons that much because like I, it's my feelings on him and this is what it is. But um, my Underst- take, what's up? I was just going to say, understandably. Yeah. So the rival, but to finish what I was saying before, like that's what, like I remember Magic Johnson when the Lakers won in the bubble, he was like, LeBron's going to hand like, so he said he wanted to do with Kyrie in Cleveland before he left. Like LeBron's going to hand the keys to AD, and he very well so soon. Yeah. Like they're best friends. I don't know if him and Russ have that close a relationship, even though they're very close friends. But dude, Taco Tuesday, they're riding bikes together. And <laughs> Taco Tuesday, eating dinner with the fam. I love. Tacos. I wouldn't worry too much about your team. The only thing I have to say about the Lakers, really, like I don't follow them that closely. I thought they were going to be really good. And that's whenever LeBron's on the team, I'm going to have high expectations. But I think Frank Vogel is a little bit of a scapegoat is along with Russ. Like no one ever – you never see StatMuse tweet when Russell Westbrook plays well. Like he's been yeah. doing this his entire career. Why is it such a surprise now? Like I don't get it. Like he did it with he, – maybe he's not as explosive as he once was, but – we act like this guy was always a good three point shooter. Like he was never a good three point shooter. That's not his game. Yeah. And like, would, yeah. I and was I gonna, what's up? I was just gonna say I wouldn't even say that about the explosion too. I love that dunk over Gobert. Yeah. Uh, I would have gotten a T too if I did that. Especially but, with everything he's been through with going on. I think in the NBA, it's such a player driven league that every time something goes wrong it's never the player's fault it's always the coach's fault and i know i might be in the minority when i say this like i might be more of like an old school mentality i guess but like there are times when the coach is wrong i'll give you that Mm -hmm. but if you have a team with ad lebron russ even mellow malik monk's pretty good um but that's really it like they don't they're they're role players tht is good so they, they have depth but they don't really have they don't have like they don't have the Alex Caruso. They don't have the guy that kind of does all the dirty work when you need the him bench to. Bench doesn't have an identity. Yeah, and like just throw. Oh, you're hot. Go in. Oh, that's a good game on. That's kind of the problem with the Knicks is without Derrick Rose, Emmanuel quickly is he's not a true point guard, and you can see it. And there's not nothing wrong with that. Like he's he's a he's a pretty solid scorer. He's a bench player. I'm fine with him, but. Without Derrick Rose, they have no one to really run their offense. And you've seen Toppin's play fall off a little bit. You've seen even Burke's play, like, in the starting lineup. He's been kind of struggling a little bit. Um, so you can't – even, like, like Noel Robinson, whoever's on the bench for that game, 
they're not getting as much production because they don't have a guy that's running the floor and keeping everything under control. Um, so back to the Lakers, I think Vogel and Russ are two of the biggest scapegoats in the NBA. Like, well, why is Anthony Davis not going to get any um, criticism, which he does. I'm not going to say he doesn't. But why doesn't he get any criticism for, like, not being there? Because like, he's been so injury prone and we, he signed this, signed on to be this guy. And he, f- not, I, don't know, I don't even know if he – did he force his way out of New Orleans? He just wanted out. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's like you did all of this and, yeah, you won the bubble title. I'm not calling it a gimmick title because everyone had the same – dealt the same cards. Like, I don't like when people call it a Mickey Mouse title because everyone that went to the bubble dealt with the same thing the Lakers did. So, you know what? Like, and the reason why I say that is because if the Knicks would have won, I wouldn't have called it a Mickey Mouse title. So, Tyler, Um, Tyler's less smiling because I would say that just to make him mad as a joke. I'd be like, oh, yeah, as a joke. Yeah, they're the the best team. They were winning it. Like, even if the Celtics made the finals, they were taking care of them in five or six. Like, yeah, Miami. Miami getting there kind of helped them because Miami knocked out a bunch of really good teams and Jimmy Butler's guest. There's always that, that picture that we see. Yeah. And um, maybe that was for um, an NBA reporter, but we're not going to have any controversy on the show. <laughs> um, I'm starting to wonder about Jimmy, but we'll get to that in the future. Yeah. But um, yeah, with the Lakers, I just, I just think they're, people call them like the retirement home, <laughs> wherever you want to call them. That's oh, cool, the oldest but... team in the league. Yeah, but it's like they're they kind of put together like they don't have like they don't mesh. They have a bunch of pieces to the puzzle that fit different puzzles. Yeah, no, I put a lot of the most of the blame on Rob Polinka. He kind of just made the rough deal yeah. and basically said like, "Oh, make it work." Yeah, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna get to that too. Actually, like you put Vogel in a situation where he just won, and then you get rid of a guy like Caruso. You don't sign him to the value he deserves. And you get rid of like these players. I'm not even sure. Like, like even like a, it was Marcus All on that team. Yeah, yeah. Like a guy like that, like just a a veteran guy. And like LeBron's a veteran, but he's a star veteran. It's different when you're a guy that comes off the bench. It's a different mindset. It's a different view of the game. It's always going to come easy for LeBron. That's why he's the greatest player of all time. Haters mad. Um, I think that. Yeah, like you said, the Rob Belinka. Is it Rob Belinka? I don't want to say his name wrong. The P. Polinka. Oh, Polinka. Okay, I don't want to say his name wrong. Um, I get it wrong all the time. Why doesn't he get the blame? He put together this team. You're the one that didn't sign like a true like a true point guard because Russell Westbrook is not like a true point guard. You and you get Rondo and you trade him. Like, what was the point of that? Yeah, it's like. Boston last year, like it wasn't on Brad Stevens, as we saw. Yeah, like it was Dan Game for not, and it wasn't his fault. Like we didn't obviously, he couldn't do anything about Kyrie, couldn't do anything about Hayward, couldn't do anything yeah. about Orford just going to Philly. But yeah, well, yeah, it's like, and it, it's not. I I see Rob's point of view. And it's like you had more talent, and you're like make it work. He thought it would work, but if it if anyone deserves to have the finger pointed at them, I guess it's him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I'm not the biggest fan of always blaming the coach, especially when you just won a championship for you a couple of years ago. In any sport, especially like we don't we're not really talking about baseball this much this week. Although there is an update, and I'm very excited. I hope that something good happens. But that'll be next week. Um, 
I think that like sometimes like the personnel you get dealt, like you can't do anything with it. Like in baseball, like you get bullpen arms that don't play well, don't pitch well. Why are you gonna blame the coach? How about get outs? You know? Yeah. Don't say, Oh, I'm not made for this this situation. Okay. You signed here. And it might have been your only deal. I'll get I get that. I get like I'm not gonna tell someone how to spend their money, but or use their money. But like you you you're put in a spot to succeed. You're a professional athlete. Like be somewhat average. <laughs> like don't Unless stink up the room. Unless you're like I, if you put like a position player in the pitch, that's on the coach. Um, Unless it's Aaron. <laughs> no, but he, he, everyone knows that Brian Cashman runs the show there. And Aaron Boone is just, I don't know, just he leaves something to desire, but he wins. So I'll give him that. He's always won. He just, he's a Yankee manager. So he's going to be judged differently. So I'll give him some slack for that, but I don't think he's a great manager. But uh, back to basketball. Um, just a quick uh, little spitball before we get into our All Star reserves this week, which you will I'll provide you guys with that uh, like visual, so it's easy for you guys to see. Um, I'm sorry, we will provide you guys with that. You know, we're not selfish on this show unless we're talking about the Knicks. Um, I think that with with the um, what do you call it? Let me just change this back to gallery. I think with the um, the Bulls, that's what I was going to talk about. They have a bunch of guys injured. And they have Lonzo's out now, long time. Uh, Levine's out right now. Do you guys still think they're a top three team in the East? You can go tie. Um, at full health, absolutely. I yeah. mean, DeMar has kind of, not necessarily fallen off foot, but he's you know, not performing how he was, you know, at that MVP level like mm -hmm. a month or a few weeks ago. But, I mean, when you got a healthy Lonzo, uh, Levine, Damar, Vooch, Kobe White, um, I, I'd argue that they are the best team in the East. And maybe in the league when when Demar's playing like that, because you have two guys that you can go to at the end of the game who can, and I would say anywhere, but Demar's not really a three point shooter. But you can toss him the ball and say, "Score! We need you to score," and they can do that. You have a point guard who is not only an elite passer but an elite defender. I think probably top three guard defender in the league. You have still one of the most underrated big men in the league in Vooch, who you could also just throw the ball into and say score. And he's also a willing passer too. And then you got guys like Kobe White, you got Caruso, you know, you got all these role players that can come in and make a big impact too. So when they're healthy, I don't want to say, because see the thing with Kyrie is kind of throwing everything off because in a series, when they go back home to Brooklyn, like, no Kyrie, but then you go, I don't know, wherever. Oh, Kyrie can play now. So that might be a little uh, – might kind of throw things off for Brooklyn. But, I mean, that team at full health, which they aren't because Kyrie's only playing after games, is undoubtedly the best team in the East and probably the best team in the league. But with that in mind, 
I think I, I think I am taking Chicago as the best team in the East. Yeah, I like that take, and it's funny because me and Rich talked about this like multiple times. And when we one of our first few pods, we were like, "All right, well, they showed they could beat them in Brooklyn." when Lonzo hit that big three for a dagger and Levine and DeMar's defense on the nets and Barclays was awesome. And yeah, I see the Kyrie point of view. My thing is, I think they made a big statement in that ESPN game because Kyrie wasn't even that much of a factor. He didn't play in the final quarter, I don't think. And it was a bunch of the dirty work from like DeAndre Bembry and Griffin and guys like that, like diving on the floor. I was saying to Rich, it reminded me of when I went to Pierce night and the Cavs just wiped the floor with us and made a statement, silencer after silencer, the bench was going nuts, stuff like that. And fully healthy, yeah, I think they could be the best team. Do I think they could take Brooklyn down in a series? No, but with the whole Kyrie situation, I think they have a shot and it could be a really good one. And... It's just, yeah, the Kyrie thing's tough for them, obviously. And it's fully healthy. We've seen what they can do. And this is probably my worst take of the year because coming into the season, I was like, they'll be a bottom, not playing, but they'll be a bottom of the East playoff. Yeah, that's what I said, six seed. And uh, it's the role players. Like you said, it's Caruso, it's Kobe White. Kobe White's stepping up really well without Lonzo, I know. You're one of the biggest Lonzo fans. And we see it all started when they got Vooch at the deadline. And we were like, all right, well, they're trying. And him and Levine, the question was like, can that do our work? And then they made a splash with the other two. And they got a glue guy for the second unit, like AC. And that I know that young kid's playing well. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but it begins with the D. Oh, I owe the soon, though. Yeah, he's playing really yeah, he's well. Been very good too. And you know they lost Derek Jones, even though he's a good fit. They are a really well-rounded team, and on both ends, that was my biggest question about them: was they didn't really have much of a defensive identity besides uh, AC and Lonzo. And they rotate well; they do their job, and they proved everyone wrong. And when me and Rich went over coaches of the year, I said Billy Donovan. Just, yeah, he's got the talent, but, like, with what he's been through and stuff like that, I think he deserves it. Like, you, you, I think Rich said bigger staff. You could argue him because no one expected oh, yeah. it out of Cleveland. But I think if they get Levine back soon, they'll be fine. The Lonzo thing is a big loss, but Caruso just came back, I believe, and then Kobe White fills his role well, especially with the way he shoots the ball and on offense. And, yeah, if they get Zach back soon, they should be fine, which is why I still have him as an all-star starter. Uh, should be a few weeks or something like that, I'm pretty sure. But they should both be starting, deservingly so, Zach and DeMar. And Chicago is one of the best stories in the league this year, so – I don't think it's much to worry about. I think they could hold it down. They should be fun. Yeah. I just have one knock against Chicago. Like you said, they played great team defense, but they don't have that guy in like a series against, say, Brooklyn, who can, who Billy Donovan can be like, oh, yeah, uh, stick KD. 
you know, like Milwaukee had PJ Tucker, Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. I mean, all the, I mean, he's still going to drop 50, but like you could put PJ Tucker on him for the whole game and it's going to be a tough, like, did you watch the podcast, the JJ Reddick podcast with PJ Tucker? I've seen clips of it, but I, yeah, they don't have a fresh grader, like, unless it's Lonzo, and clearly he's not a fresh grader. Yeah. What PJ Tucker basically said is, like, he's going to drop 50. It's going to happen, but, like, I'm going to make him work for that 50. I'm going to make him work as hard as he can to get that uh, 50. They don't have that guy. Mm-hmm. That's he, my only thing. That's what he was chirping him, too. He was like, I'm going to make you work, like, when he was yeah. talking back and forth. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know if they're a top three team in the East. I think I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't take them over Milwaukee. I think Giannis is going to figure it out again. I don't know if I take them over Brooklyn because we've seen what happens when uh, what do you call it? They're at full strength, and the wild card team I have is Miami. I think. They're what do you call it? They haven't been healthy either. They definitely yeah. are wild. So I would put they're definitely top four. I put them three A or B because them or Miami. But yeah, it's just a matter of health at the end of the year. But um, so we're gonna move on now to our all star reserves. Um, I just took a look at mine. I have a good feeling. I got a couple of like not wild card picks, but guys that you probably don't view as all-stars, but you guys can take over for a little bit and uh, say your all-star reserves. Ty, you can go first, and you can say your awards if you want to, and starters. I assume we're just going to win off, right? You're on a bit of a time budget, Rich. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I don't need to say the awards, but, um, yeah, so let me preface with the starters. So for my backcourt right now, um, I have Steph and John Morant. I mean, you don't really have to explain either of those. Memphis has been very surprising. I thought they were going to be good, but not this good. And Steph is Steph. And the front court, I think, is pretty much set in stone right now with LeBron, Jokic, and Rudy Gobert. I really don't see any. I mean, maybe if you want to put Draymond in there over like Gobert or something. Well, or not, I think that's set so. So for my bench, um, I have the Phoenix Suns backcourt uh, with CP3 and Devin Booker, uh, best team in the West. They're deserving of at least two all-stars. And I'd say if DeAndre Ayton was healthy, then he would possibly get a nod, but I think I'm going to keep him off right now. Um, I also have Draymond. I mean – He's probably the defense for the year, so and the Warriors are also very good, so they're deserving of two all-stars. Um, my next two, um, sorry, I forgot I had Gobert. My starters, let me switch on. All right, my next is uh, Donovan Mitchell. Same thing with the Warriors. They've been good. They're very deserving of two all-stars. Um, next. Uh, a guy we were talking about earlier. I have Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I mean, he's been great. He's a, like he said, he is the best sh- 
shooting big man of all time over third. But this year, um, I think the Wolves are seventh right now in the West, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. They've shown their full potential with the big three plan or their big three plan as well. Yeah, they're they're 22 and 23. And I mean, that team, if they really could put it together, then that team could be something. But I think Kat is deserving of an all-star nod. Uh, my next one uh, is obviously Luca. Uh, I mean, if he was playing the way he is right now the whole season, he would be a shoe-in starter. No questions asked. Dallas is obviously rolling, other than their loss last night. But they're playing much better uh, as of late. And then my last, I mean, that? that was six, my last spot. Um, I chose between three guys, unless I'm forgetting somebody. I got it between DeJounte Murray, Brandon Ingram, and Andrew Wiggins, if they want to give the Warriors three all-stars. When the Warriors were the number one team in the West, I was like, just throw Wiggins in there. They deserve it. But now I'm going to have to say no to Wiggs. And I'm going to have to say no to my boy Ingram. And I'm going to put DeJounte Murray as my final bench uh, player for the West. Deservingly so. So you have, so you have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, Luka Doncic, DeJounte Murray. And who is your seventh guy? Draymond. Draymond? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I was. he's a guy that no one really thinks of. Because of his stats, basically. But he's an all-star. Okay, and uh, what about your East, Tyler? So, for my backcourt, right now I have Trey and DeMar. I feel like, kind of like what you said, Rob, you can throw DeMar and Levine in, or you can leave Trey in and put Levine in. But for right now, I'm going to stick with DeMar. This is my starters, by the way. Um, and then the front court, it would be... KD, Giannis, and Bede, but I think KD is going to be out for the All-Star game. Um, so I'm going to throw in Jimmy Butler as my starter over uh, for KD. So for the bench, I'm going to start off with Zach Levine. We had the whole spiel about the Bulls, so I don't really need to get into all that. Um, Rob's going to be happy about these next two guys that I have, even though they've kind of been suffering from this team. Yeah, they've been suffering from the same, not same, but like similar issues. The Lakers have. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, JT. Me and Rob talked about this. JT has not been having a great season. I texted him and I was like, because I was looking at Tatum's stats and I was like, I didn't realize that he was like shooting the ball this inefficiently because he's just been known as a super efficient. You know, 25 like. 30 a game. You can just toss the ball, it'll get you a quick bucket. But JB has stepped up a lot. And I think his biggest knock on his game, because he can score, he can defend, it's been in his playmaking. But I think as of late, he's been a pretty solid or at least improved playmaker as well. As yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have those two guys um, James Harden. Uh, gotta have him in there. The Nets are, I don't even know. I think they're, what are they, second or third in the East right now? But I mean, we know what James Orton is. 
one of the best players in the league, one of the best playmakers in the league, and when he wants to be the best scorer in the league. Um, my next guy is somebody who I'm a big fan of. He puts on for the short guys, smaller guys, went undrafted, bet on himself, and honestly went crazy for like a 10-game stretch. It's uh, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, him and Siakam have been really just pulling that team's weight with, you know, guys like Scott Barnes and a few of their uh, key role guys out. They've just been carrying them. And now they're a playing team right now and could, they're only, they're tied with the Celtics right now. They're only a game and a half behind, or a half a game behind the Wizards. So they're going to keep going. Spence had a great year. I think we should reward them. Uh, my next guy is um, maybe at this point, my favorite guy in the league that's not a Laker. Um, I have him on my dynasty uh, fantasy basketball team, and he's been unbelievable. It's Darius Garland. Love him so much. He's so consistent. He's he's such a great playmaker, but I think that also helps his scoring because he's, he's so crafty and shifty that, I mean, the defense just doesn't know what to do sometimes. Is he going to, you know, throw a lot to Jared Allen or is he – I don't even know Juro stepping through the lane. But I, I love Darius Garland. He's been so good. And for my last spot, I kind of just threw in a name that couldn't possibly be it. But I kind of debated between the guy I chose, LaMelo, and Sabonis. And I just switched I should just change my mind right now. I'm going to go with Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's my last guy. There's, gotta, there's gotta, no limit on, like, guards. You got a small – right? yes, you got a small bench. That's fine with me. Because my guy was going to be Sabonis, but I'm like, they're probably, Beal's going to be an all-star. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what, that's what we'll go with. So, we got Freddie, Garland, James Harden, Zach Levine, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Bradley Beal. Tyler, you stole my sleeper guy. Was it Garland or Fred? Nah, Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. He had had like a 10-game stretch. He was averaging like 30 and 10. Yeah, he's he's an Iron Man, too. He plays every game. Yeah. Um, I I like it. I like it a lot. Um, The bench is – it's always loaded with talent because it's never a controversy because it's usually you, it's like the last spot that's controversy usually. So, but, um, so Rob, you can go up now. You can um, start naming your guys. Um, <clears throat> well, we, me and you talked about our stars with Durant out. Mm-hmm. I know it matters position wise. I don't know if I can go Butler. I, although I like the pick, it's just, he's been off the court a lot this year and he hasn't played a whole ton of games. So it's, I mean, it's tough to not have a Miami all-star, but that just might be what it is. So to replace Durant, I think it could be Harden or Tatum. Obviously Tatum hasn't performed like an all-star starter. He still gets his, but the shooting numbers are just not him this year, like we said, and that's what Jalen Brown has over. So I'll go Harden, Giannis, DeMar at the two forwards, Zach Levine, uh, sounded stupid in the past for picking Trey Young as a starter. So Embiid has the fifth. Uh, East reserves, Trey Young, 
Darius Garland, like we said, should win most improved player and has just been so dominant playmaking. And me and Rosh talk about his handle all the time. It's one of the best in the league at this point. And he's clutch as well, as we've seen with the Cavs. Uh, LaMelo Ball, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. You could argue now he's Tatum's Tatum, but like Jalen is just right there with him. And that's always been his strength is the efficiency. Like he was shooting, I think I wrote it down yesterday. He's shooting like 40 something from three this month and almost 50 from the field. He's just been so dominant this month at his first career triple double. Had a 50 point game. Like I said to you just before, like on the playmaking end, he's better than Jason. So JB, uh, you know, it's tough with the Celtics and the record, but we saw last year they both got them in together, and I think they might have been under 500 at the time. But Jalen Brown, Fred Van Vliet has just been dominant. I knew Toronto would be a nice surprise, led by Nick Nurse, and Siakam has impressed me. He could also be a candidate, but I don't think he'll get snuck in. And Bradley Beal, dominant scorer, has upped his – shown potential as a playmaker this year it's nice to see him have a nice team around him with kuzma dinwiddie when he's on the floor uh the bigs and gafford and uh harrell and washington's changing their cultures as well but all right west starters lebron steph the joker chris paul i had just because of phoenix's success i know some people analysts out there have him as a starter just because of how he's led them people might think booker but it's just paul won't stand out stats wise but he'll get it done when it matters most i saw he was dominant last night in dallas as he hit a dagger as well um so my fifth i also don't know why i had donovan over Ja, but i'm replacing that Ja is my fifth starter like we said he's an mvp candidate in the West, or reserves for the West, Luca, Gilbert, Draymond, if he isn't out that long, Donovan, Carl Towns, DeJounte Murray has been off the charts, filling the stat sheet. He's looks like the new king of the triple double at this point, honestly. At, he's an elite defender. The Spurs are more than grateful to have him, and hopefully they can build a new culture around him. This pop is kind of on his way out. But like you said, Ingram, it's tough to snub him with, you know, he's been pretty dominant this year. Um, like the numbers haven't been up that much compared to last season, but his playmaking has been impressive. But obviously this is a guy, many people who will be watching this will be thinking, how did you not name him earlier? But Devin Booker is my last reserve for the Western conference. And that's my two teams. Okay. I will. Um, so your Eastern guys are who I, I got three of them down. I just want to get them down. You want me to say the reserves? Yeah, it is the reserves. Trey, Darius Garland, Lamella ball, Tatum, Brown, Van Vliet and Beal. Also a small team. Okay. So hey, I got Sabonis. Oh, Tatum. Yeah. Sabonis is another tough snub, but in Indiana, they showed last night in Golden State that they could be impressive. And Carlisle, I thought he executed awesomely last night, yeah. if that's a word. But so, uh, so Jalen Brown, Fred Van Vliet, Brad Beal, 
Trey Young, Darius Garland, Jason Tatum, and do you name a seven guy? Lamelo. Uh, oh, you have Lamelo in. Oh, wow. You could say Bridges as well, but it's just I don't think Charlotte deserves two. Okay, I'm uh, moving on now to my East and West just because we're a little short on time. Um, for my East, you guys know my starters already. I took Durant out of the All-Star game completely just because he's not going to play. So it's not really fair to give him a spot over someone. So I moved Embiid. Yeah, I know I didn't have Embiid as a starter. I moved him into my um, starters. And for my uh, All-Star reserves for the East, I have James Harden. I got Jalen Brown, Darius Garland, Fred Van Vliet, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum. So those are the six. And then my sleeper guy that I have is Jared Allen. I think he deserves some credit for what he's been doing. He was kind of like a everyone was like, why are you trading Jared out? Like for the Nets, they got Harden, but like he was part of like that big, like three, four team deal last year. And he's been a, an anchor. He's what I want Mitchell Robinson to be, but he, he's getting there. Um, so that's my East. For my West, it's a little tougher. I got Morant on my bench I because I'm going to stick with my stars. I had Mitchell in as a starter and Steph as well with Luka. So I'm going to keep that. Then I, I have Ja. Then I have the, the Suns backcourt of uh, Booker and Paul. Then I have Gobert on my bench because I have Jokic at the five and Braun at the four. So, so right now, yeah, so I got those four. Then I got Draymond. That's five. Then um, I got Cat at six. And then I'm going to go um, similar to you guys or similar to Tyler. I'm going to go DeJounte Murray. I think he's he might not get the, the global love and the national love because of just the fact of, like, the Spurs aren't really a national team. But I think that he's playing really well. And I left a, I left a couple guys off that, like, are notable, like Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell. Those guys are playing well. Wiggins playing well. Um, but the guys will get hurt. Guys will be reserves, and so um, you guys will be able to see this like as a visual, obviously, because we're on camera now, thankfully. Um, and uh, that's all we got for this week. Uh, you guys, Tyler, you want uh, any Instagram or uh, Twitter, anything like that? You want to tell the people? My name T Y L E R R S H A L A. I'm just spelled my last name wrong. Alrighty, how about you, Rob? Nothing, man. Uh, I just read a Jalen Brown encyclopedia. And then last time I did a podcast with a very good Celtic reporter for CLNS. We kind of went down memory lane and had a heart-to-heart compared to, to Celtic pride in the past with this disappointing team. But, yeah, that's about it. I'm yep. right up the storm. I got another one coming. Yep. Uh, like always, um, follow us on Instagram at the sports Bible pod or sports Bible pod. Um, follow, follow me on TikTok at Richie Dordis. Follow my YouTube channel. Just type in my name. It comes up. Should be my logo on my Instagram, which is RD sports blogs. Um, I'll leave links to a couple of our recent work that me and Rob are doing as well as Tyler. And, you know, that's all we got for this week. Uh, thank you guys for allowing us to do this and continue to do this. We're growing more and more. You can also now, if you would like to help the show, um you can now drop donations on anchor um what i'm going to do is if we get enough donations i'm going to give out like a prize to like like if you give a donation your name will be entered in i'll pick a prize and we'll send it out but uh that's a start like that's something very new but besides that that's all i really got um find this podcast on youtube at sports bible pod 
And um, that's all we really got. Um, you guys got anything else? Nothing, man. Thank you, guys. This was really fun. And Tyler will definitely be a frequent guest for us. This is a great episode. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah. Thanks for Have coming on, Tyler. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. See you guys later. See you guys.